Hello, welcome to the Haiku Poet Podcast. We are gonna in um we are gonna have some more haiku and it is gonna be a very fun time. Yeah, we're gonna feature the haiku, the poetry of Randy Brooks. But first, we're gonna kick it off. You have a haiku from today, right? Yes. From a rainy day. Where are we out by the campfire like usual? No. We are inside because it's pouring rain. It is pouring rain outside, isn't it? And look, and there's drips going really fast yes. off of our um, house roof. So Okay, so let's hear your haiku. I write in. Wrote. I wrote. I wrote. Cardin- uh, I'm cutting this right there. Cardinal on top of the house roof. Cold. No. Cardinals on top of the house roof. Wet. Cold. Nice. Let's hear it one more time. Cardinals on top of the house roof. Cold, wet, rain. Ah, I like it. Yeah, because it, it's fall time, isn't it? Yeah. It's usually summertime, and we usually do it kind of by the campfire, and we usually do campfires when we're doing that podcast, but right now it's it's, it's in the summertime, we do it outside, and then now in the fall time, we're probably going to do it inside now. Or at least we'd have to bundle up, right? If yeah. it wasn't pouring rain, we could have a campfire going and yeah. be sitting around the if fire. If it was like 70. Yeah, maybe having some pistachios. Yeah. yeah. But we have other snack here. Yeah, we've got some summer sausage, habanero cheese, and some triscuits. Elliot, do you want to try... You start off the plate here. Grab a little meat and a little cracker there. Caleb. The habanero cheese is really good. Really hot cheese. Yeah. Randy, wish you were here. Yeah. Thanks for being willing to do a little email interview back and forth. We really appreciate that. It's fun to have so many different haiku poets from all over the world who have agreed to be interviewed on the podcast. We really appreciate it. So many new friends. And today, uh, it's going to be fun to hear a little bit of Randy's story and hear some of his haiku. Randy and his wife have been doing haiku poetry for about 40 years. They actually have a small publishing company. They publish, if someone wants to put all their haiku poetry together in a book... They will create the book with them and publish the book. I ordered up from Randy's company called Brooks. His last name is Brooks. Brooks Books. It's kind of kind of cool. Uh, I ordered up this haiku, a, the art of the short poem, a film by Taiju Yamaguchi. And we watched that, and we may do a, an interview with with Taiju in the future. That was really good. Along with that order, Randy sent us a book of haiku called "Schools Out," and it's it's his collection of Are you haiku. Give it back to him? You know, this is something that we get to keep, and so we say thank you, Randy, for sending along this book, and it has some really neat. Photography, some black and white photography of folding of origami. So, see, 
folding the paper crane. And then also Randy sent along an issue of a small magazine called Mayfly. I think we get to keep that too. We do, and Mayfly comes out two times a year and it features the very best haiku. So Randy chooses 15 of the very best haiku. And so a one-year subscription costs $10 and you get two issues. So you would get two books like this at two different times of the year. And I'm thinking I would like to become a subscriber. I'd like to get this in the mail two times a year. And then what's neat about it, it's such a nice small size. When you're just looking to read a few haiku, you could just take and pull it up, read it, enjoy it. How do you get two? Do you have to win something? Nope, so you, you send $10, and then when these are ready, they mail them to your house. Ah. Yeah, it's a magazine. And looking forward to reading Randy's book called The Art of reading and writing haiku, a reader response approach. And Randy has taught haiku at the college level. I first learned about Randy mm -hmm. on a website, The Man Library. It's done by Tom Clausen. And he has the haiku each day that he puts online. And he did it for 10 years in an elevator. He would just post a haiku every day, a different haiku. Now he does it on the website. And so if you have an interest to check out different haiku poets, it's a fun way to learn about different people because he does give a little biography and he shares a little bit of the voicing. So I'll put that link along with links for Brooks books in the show notes. So that way we can oh, have Brooks books. It's pretty neat, Brooks isn't it? Books. Yeah. All right. So we will um, hop into the interview and then we'll close out the session with Jacob and Caleb each reading a haiku out of your journal that you've got here. Uh, would you guys like a little bit of sparkly water? Sure. All right. Again, Randy, wish you were here to have some sparkly water with us around the table. And some summer sausage. In my eyes. Sparkles in my eyes. Sparkly water. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks, Randy, for letting us interview you here on the Haiku Poet Podcast. Uh We'll start off with some haiku, and then we'll get into a few questions. All right. All right. So these were on Tom's webpage, and feel free to comment on them for any extra insight that you'd want to share or background on the haiku. First one, school's out. A boy follows his dog into the woods. School's out. A boy follows his dog into the woods. And Randy says, for me, this haiku is about reversals. Day after day, the dog has walked the boy to school, following him as long as he can. For this day, the dog gets to take the lead, and the boy joins him wherever his nose leads. 
that's kind of neat to think of a dog being led by his nose, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's an adventure and an exploration of the woods with no agenda or no to-do lists. So the boy usually um, brings the dog, but then this time the dog brings the boy. Right, so it's called a reversal. It's like they switched roles. And then he says, let's go into the woods and just see what's there, right? Mm -hmm. We like going in the woods and just exploring, don't we? Yeah. Here's another haiku. Miles to go. No tracks ahead of us in the snow. Miles to go. No tracks ahead of us in the snow. There's always so much undone. Places to be. Again, sometimes we get to be first there. Making tracks for others to follow. Sometimes it's just that we're so far behind, there are no tracks left for us. Either way, this is about that feeling of finding your own way and knowing you've still got a long way to go. This haiku suggests a destination, but it is about the feeling of not knowing how long we have to just keep going. And here's one. I thought it was neat because on the website, on the the library page that features a haiku every day, it was featured on Christmas morning of 2019. So December 25th, 2019. And it's Christmas morning Misty breath of cows rising where they lie. Christmas morning, misty breath of cows rising where they lie. And he says, the farmer or rancher watches over the cattle, making sure that they are okay. It's Christmas morning and there's a lot going on in the house, but outside it's quiet. Not quite dawn. The cattle are peaceful, exhibiting the grace of being. Maybe in the house, everybody's getting ready for traveling to grandmas and grandpas or getting food ready or wrapping presents. But he says, outside there's just peacefulness, right? There's the mist of the cow's breath. Makes me think of our friend Paul Chambers from Wales who talks about the the stars, the pre-dawn stars and plumes of breath from the cattle truck, right? So you know that the cattle are breathing on a cool morning. Are There's, they in the truck? The cattle would be in the truck. They'd be getting transported. So oh. little different than here is here they're out in the pasture, right? Yeah. They're They're right there. Um, and he's looking they out. Kind of huddled together so that they're warm. Yeah, huddled and, together. And it would have to be a big truck to be um, to carry cattle. Yes. Or or would they be in a trailer? It'd probably be a trailer. Yeah. Oh. Isn't it interesting how just a few words make such a full picture in your mind? You can see the cattle are huddled together, and you can see the trailer is big and. We can see the Christmas morning. If there's a lot happening in the house, I'm guessing a lot of lights are on, right? Yeah. Because they want to be able to see and get ready. All right, next one. First 
kiss deep in the woods sunbeams filter down first kiss deep in the woods sunbeams filter down and randy writes the woods can be dark and cool but there's a break in the canopy and the sunbeams come through ah it's a good place to take the in the warm sunshine to look into the heavens above to pause for a kiss right yeah. <laughs> yeah it's fun to be outside here's one that makes me think of our summer adventure because this year we went with fishing right mm-hmm. next year we might do some bow hunting and maybe even some bird hunting see if we can get out and walk the grouse trails maybe get a white-tailed deer so we can enjoy some venison but this yeah. year has been fishing so we built a, a fish house a spear house we're going to take that out on a local lake as soon as the lakes freeze over and we'll catch some fish with our fishing line we'll use a spear to try to get it we'll bring the fish home and we'll cook it up elliot you had a successful fishing experience this summer didn't you yeah i kind of bet about this fish. i think it was even bigger let's spread spread those hands a little bigger a little bigger there you go it was a big bass and we even had to use a can, net <laughs> yeah and you could only Northern. Right, you can only spear in northern. Not even so there. Right. Maybe in a different country you can spear. In Minnesota, you can only spear a northern. And you can't even spear anything um, in, in, in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin, right. In Wisconsin, there's no spearing. But in Minnesota, it's allowed for spearing northern. Two lines in the water. Not a word between father and son. Two lines in the water, not a word between father and son. Randy says, sometimes it's not about talking, but being together. That's all that matters. So it sounds like the father and the son are really happy to be together, right? They just don't need to be chit-chatting, yakking. They're like, we're doing what we love, right? We're casting. We're reeling it in. The two lines are in the water. But right? then maybe when they get in the truck, they'll talk. Talk. Yeah, relive talk. the memories. Yeah. Here in this next one, I jotted down, Randy, I like your use of the word fern as a verb. So I'm always familiar with the word fern as a noun, like ferns that grow in the woods. And sometimes we eat fiddlehead ferns. We'll pick them when they're all curled up. Put them in some cast iron along with some bacon grease. Oh, they are so tasty. Well, here, check out this one. It has to do with a headache. Bath towel around her headache. Frost, ferns up the window. Bath towel around her headache. Frost, ferns up the window. Randy says, I like to let the words play but not to force them to skip rope. So don't try to make words work if they're not supposed to, but it is fun when the words work out. All right, the next one I jotted down, Randy, you must have experienced this. It would be impossible to write it without being in the truck. Here's the haiku. Load of seed wheat pumping old brakes all the way down the hill. Load of seed wheat 
pumping old brakes all the way down the hill. Randy writes, this one is from my grandfather's wheat farm in western Kansas. Each year before harvest, he would scope out the best wheat growing in the entire field. He would take note and cut it for the following year's seed. Grandpa had a granary to store some of the harvest, but for the seed wheat, he used an old truck to collect the seed wheat and just park it in the granary. Come next fall, he'd get it out to plant the winter wheat. So this truck was not in the best shape, and yet it was the bearer of the treasure. No breaks, just gear down and go slow. So when you put a truck, if you're going down the freeway, you're probably in fourth or fifth gear. But if you want to slow down, you put it into third and then uh, second and then first. And in first gear, it's going to go like five miles an hour. Like, it's just walking speed. So you can use the gears on a car to slow down if your brakes aren't working. All right, and then I wrote, Randy, here's another haiku that only a father could write. You have to experience these moments to actually be able to write them. So before I was a dad, I could try to imagine what it was like to be a dad, but I really wasn't sure what it was like, right? There's some things you have to experience. So here's Randy's haiku. Up late with old friends, my daughter and her blankie, out of the dark again. Up late with old friends, my daughter and her blankie, out of the dark again. So I think she wanted to stay up with the people. It seems like his, his daughter wanted to stay up with the people, but okay. she also wants her blankie, right? Kind of like how your sisters like their blankies. Let's see what Randy says. Yes, I like to borrow perspectives from others, including my little ones, my kids, my grandkids. How mysterious it is for grown-ups to stay up and just talk and talk. She wants to be part of the conversation. She wants daddy all to herself. Right? Probably like, when are you going to go to bed? I wrote, I resonate with this one, with Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up, and the fun of seeing people we don't see very often. I enjoy that mulling over the good conversations. But the use of the word unravel leaves me more contemplative or even melancholy. Here's the haiku. Night drive home. We unravel all the things said, unsaid. Night drive home, we unravel all the things said, unsaid. Randy says, there's something in a knot. Something's in a knot. It's a puzzle to figure out, right? Like, why'd they say that? Why'd they not say that? Right? Sometimes conversations leave you with more questions than answers. All right, we asked Randy, how did you get introduced to haiku? Could you share a little bit of your journey? 
Mandy says, in my senior year of college, I was studying Greek lyric and Latin epigrammatical poetry. I was translating and writing short poetry and won the literary contest. I took my award money to the bookstore and I bought books of short poetry, including two collections of haiku. One was the Haiku Anthology, edited by Cor Vandenhuvel. I've got that one on my bedside. And the second was Modern Japanese Haiku, edited and translated by Makoto Ueda. I was blown away by these contemporary haiku in English and from the Japanese. They were as emotionally evocative as the Greek lyric poetry and as satirically ironic as the Latin epigrams. And yet, they also exhibit a third characteristic a simplicity of expression that comes from direct experience, observation, and honesty of language. These were not poems of poetic devices, literary tropes, nor allegorical symbolism. They were direct expressions of moments of perception experience, and sometimes insight. Wow, I was hooked. So Randy sounds enthusiastic about haiku there, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. When did you first get hooked on haiku poetry? Do you remember? I think when Daddy did. Yeah, and I got hooked on poetry when my friend Kyle was taking that bicycle trip, right? And he said he was going to write one haiku each day. And I said, Maybe not. And I said, why haiku? And he said, you got to check it out. And so from the library, I got Cor Vandenhuvel's haiku anthology. And as I read the haiku, I fell in love with the, the style, right? I was and like, then ah. more, more. more books. Got every book from the library that I could. And I maybe didn't get it, um, like, in the, in, in the first moment. Yeah. Do, would you say you're hooked now? Yeah. Do you really appreciate haiku? Yeah. Yeah. Me ne- too. Neat. Okay. Then, Bandy says, in grad school at Purdue University, I was fortunate to study with leading translator of Japanese literature, Dr. Sanford Goldstein. His area of expertise was modernist Japanese tonka, and in addition to his translations, he was actively writing tonka in English. So I learned more about the discipline of writing every day, keeping a journal, and knowing the difference between writing for myself and for others, or to be published. Interesting. That's something that would be fun to explore more of saying there might be a haiku that you write because it's special for you, but it's really not for the whole world, right? But it might actually be a strong memory or an emotional moment. And then there's other things that are more universal, right? Where it would appeal to many different people. Second question for Randy. What is the place or the power of haiku in your day-to-day life? Randy says, 
I started a journal in 1976, and I've been writing ever since. I usually write a little every day and a lot on some days, with most of my writing being haiku or tonka. I don't worry about how good each journal entry is. I just write and go back later to find ones to edit or submit for publications. I also teach a course on global haiku at Milliken University, so I'm encouraging college students to read, share readings, and to write haiku for a semester. I enjoy sharing my love of haiku with my students and get a lot from them as I learn about their perspectives and lives. I also read a lot of haiku from journals, new books, and some social media sites. I review new books for Frog Pond and Modern Haiku. Then we asked Randy, where do you find your inspiration for writing? Could you share a bit of the process? For example, do you like coffee? Do you like to be outside? Do you journal? I love do you, to be outside. You like to be outside? Randy says, I start my journal each day with a phrase. Sometimes I change the phrase for a new year. Currently, I always start with, as it is in heaven, which is from the Lord's Prayer. It comes right after, on earth. I use this to remember to ground myself in the here and now but to look for the spiritual wonder that is always present. I like to write in a physical journal that I can take with me on walks or drives, to just sit and take in what's going on and write. I also write on the computer with a journal program and move all my paper journal haiku into this digital format. I also like to read new collections of haiku and see what memories or feelings they spark up for me. That's my easy chair journal writing. As I said before, I don't worry about quality or exactness in my journal. I just start writing. I let the pen move and the ink flow through my thoughts, feelings, observations. Sometimes I do variations on a theme or multiple versions of the same haiku when they come to me. Do you ever write variations, guys? Yep. Yep, so like you might take one haiku, like rainy day, the cardinal comes to the apple tree, and then you might change it up and you might go cardinal in the apple tree on a rainy day, right? Different versions, same kind of observation. Yep. Next question. What advice would you have for those wanting to begin on the haiku journey? Randy says, start by reading and finding favorite haiku. Consider how they work in your imagination or heart as you read them. And start writing. Find a time to set aside a quiet space to give yourself the opportunity to think about the significance of recent events, feelings, places. Then let yourself go. Just write. Later, come back to find some that continue to resonate and ring true. 
That's pretty neat. It gives you the freedom to just try something. Makes me think of you with your skateboarding, Caleb, how you'll just try it and sometimes you'll fall and you'll roll off the skateboard, but you just kind of let it happen and that lets you push to get lower and stretch out more. Whereas if you said, I can't fall off the skateboard, do you think you'd be a very good skateboarder? Nope. Or very good. If, if you fell off the scooter and you said what Daddy just said, yep. you wouldn't probably be a good scooter. Yeah. So you can't it, fall off the scooter. Yep. So it takes being willing to fall or make mistakes or, or with haiku, what Randy's, what Randy's saying is just be willing to put stuff in your journal, even if it's not great, right? Don't, don't wait till you can write a, a beautiful haiku. Just start writing your observations. And then eventually, some of those observations, some of those haiku might actually really resonate. They might really become poignant. Question number five. Do you have a particular book that you would suggest starting for someone who is totally new to haiku? I started with podcasts, because you guys know I love podcasts, and I started with podcasts, and after listening to all the Haiku Chronicles by Alan Pizzarelli and Donna Beaver, I decided that the world needed more Haiku podcasts. So I started the Haiku Poet Podcast. And then the Haiku Anthology was my first and probably still all-time favorite collection of haiku in book form. That's what I wrote. And here's Randy's response. In my global haiku class, I start my students with collections of selected haiku by an author. I think it helps a beginner to see the range and the depth of haiku from one or two or three poets who have been at it for several years. Some poets that I would suggest include Peggy Lyles, George Swede, John Stevenson, and then I would move to anthologies to show a wider range of approaches and voices, such as Core's The Haiku Anthology or Scott Mason's The Wonder Code. What's fun, I have not read The Wonder Code, so I'm excited to check that one out from the library. Or if we can't find it from the library, maybe Pyatt. I am familiar with those poets that Randy listed, but I can't say that I could pull out a particular haiku by any of them. And so it's some of them kind of get stuck in your brain. I know right? the word Peggy. Peggy, Peggy Lyles. I, I know I've seen her haiku. I'm excited to go and read more of it and kind of dive in. And I like, I like Randy's idea of not just reading one haiku by a person, but seeing how a person's haiku can really be different from one range to another, right? Maybe someone's talking about uh, their childhood or about their family or about activity. There's a lot of different areas that someone can explore through haiku. Okay, then I asked Randy, what other things might you like to share? Randy says, for me, haiku has been a private gift of awareness and discovery, as well as a social gift of sharing moments of heartfelt perception. 
It is a way of being fully here, fully alive in the here and the now, and fully appreciative of a lifetime's accumulation of insights, a quest for significance that is found right at our own feet, heaven on earth, the universal in an instant. That's cool. And here's our last question. Do you have any pets? My kids love dogs, but with five little kids, we've decided to wait until they are a bit older. We do have five chickens, and they come when the kids whistle and shake their feed. So that's pretty fun. And I added a picture of our recent October snowfall because we got six or seven inches of snow. And that was the day when a couple of you were holding the chickens and we were sledding. Can the I gr- hear their call? Sure. How do you call them? Yeah. And we, just come <laughs> and we do have some parakeets. Yes, we have four parakeets as well, don't we? So we're kind of in a bird stage right now. It's a lot of fun. Okay, so let's see what he says. Randy says, mostly cats over the years, but now we're down to three goldfish and a little catfish. Randy says, I love the photo of your kids in the snow with the chickens. What a joy to be out there enjoying each day's gifts. Randy Brooks, yes. I would agree. It is a gift. Yes. Thank you, Randy. We like your poetry. Yes. And we like your advice. You had some really good, good ideas on pursuing haiku and just writing every day, not trying to write uh, perfect or exact haiku, but just enjoying the process and seeing what comes. It's really good. I had a lot of words. Yes, it was nice. Sometimes they're a little bit shorter. Sometimes we have short interviews and sometimes they're a little longer. I always enjoy it when people share the gift of their thoughts through words and and are willing to elaborate. So we appreciate it. And I do have a haiku. Let's hear your haiku, Caleb. The rain pours down, it feels warm. Because this morning it was pretty warm outside, but it was raining. Sure. Want to read it one more time? The rain pours down. It feels warm. Nice. Thanks for sharing, Caleb. Uh And I like that you put that in your journal. So now you can go back and you could look at that maybe in the winter or next spring. That's cool. Jacob, what have you got? Weightlifter. Slowly lifting the teacup. Gary Gay. Good. So last episode, you read the haiku and you forgot to tell who the author was, right? So you went back in the in the anthology and you looked up the author's name and then you wrote that down in your journal along with the haiku. Very good. And there was one other haiku, right? Morning surf. A dog fills the sky with seagulls. Jim Boyd. All right. Excellent. And then I have a haiku. Okay. Let's hear yours. Is this from today? Yep. Puddle in the dead leaves. Puddle in the dead leaves of apple tree cardinal. Puddles in the dead leaves. So are you thinking like there's dead leaves on the ground and there's puddles, there's water? No, actually, I mean the um, leaves in the trees. Oh. So, so, so he can see the apple trees and, and then he's looking 
Sometimes there can be puddles, sometimes they can be more droopy, gotcha. and sometimes they can be more flat. Okay, yeah, so it's raining, there's puddles, apple trees, and what did you spot in the apple tree? Two cardinals. A male and a female. Yeah. One was, um, was kind of, one was really camouflaged. The female was kind of brownish, kind of camouflaged, and what was the male like? He was red. Bright red. Yes. Excellent. So we want to thank you all for joining us today for the Haiku Poet Podcast. Randy Brooks, thank you for granting us the interview and sharing your perspectives on haiku. And we wish all of you a great autumn. Can you guys say bye-bye? Bye.